Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, gang. Are you trying to fight DSOs in your state, struggling with competition going on, and you're looking for something that can differentiate your practice? Then you need to tune in uh, to this episode with Santosh Patel as we're going to talk about bringing specialists into your practice as a general dentist. All right, so today I'm joined by Santos. Santos, what's up? What's going on, man? How are you? You know, it's very weird to talk to a brown man with such a deep southern accent. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about uh, you. Yeah, people are surprised when they see me versus when they hear my voice. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I'm expecting you to be very white with yeah. a cowboy hat. We're sitting here in Dallas, Texas in my hotel room. And uh, Santos, you run a company that provides specialty services for general dentists? That's right, yeah. So I'm one of the co-founders, Complete Specialty Solutions. We're here located in Texas, uh, Dallas and uh, Houston specifically right now. And okay. so we, we integrate specialists into GP offices. We bring the board-certified, board-eligible specialists, the staff, the supplies and equipment. Uh, ultimately just to kind of make them more of a multi-specialty office. Yeah. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure we're clear uh, for our listeners uh, is that I want to talk about three things today. I want to talk about why specialty is important uh, for a general dentist. I want to talk about how a person can do it themselves, what we can learn from you who's doing it as a business. And then thirdly, I want to talk about those that choose to outsource how your service works uh, and go from there. And we'll kind of address some things along the way. Sound sure. fair? No, that's great. All right. So can I do my rant now? D- go ahead, okay. please. All right. So um, <clears throat> this will probably get me in a little bit of trouble. But uh, I don't understand how we as general dentists, 150,000 strong, mm-hmm allowing 10,000 specialists to control our profession. They're controlling what we do in our practices. They're controlling a reimbursement. They're controlling so much of the way we do things as if this was still 1970 and 1980 when things were completely outsourced to specialists and we live in a very different model now. And I, if I continue to hear general dentists tell me that they're scared of adding procedures to their practice because of what their specialist may think, I want to continue to throw up because at the end of the day, we hold the power. You know, the vast majority of specialists, 80 to 90% of their business comes from general dentists who refer to them. So we should hold all the cards. All we got to do is get together and just cut them off and they'll fall in line. 
And uh, I know that's not what you're about necessarily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to associate you with my opinions. But but my point is, is it's almost 2020. Sure. You know, our landscape of dentistry, it's best time ever to be a dentist, but the landscape has changed. We're dealing with uh, large corporate practices. We're dealing with larger group practices. We're dealing with just lots of dentists. Uh, and I believe the future of dentistry in terms of doing well and doing great work is multi-doctor practices right. uh, being multi-GPs and multiple disciplines of service Correct. so that we can be consumer patient-centric. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, so that's my rant. Yeah. So let's talk about why specialty in the GP office is necessary and is the future of dentistry. Yeah, I mean, so why does it make sense, right, right ultimately? And so, you know, if you take a step back and just think about your end user, your patient, why are patients now going for convenience? You know, why, why do patients go to Super Target, mm-hmm. right? Because they go to one place, they can have everything in one stop, and it's easy for them. Right? Why do they go to Starbucks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, yeah. why did Starbucks add breakfast items, yeah. right? I mean, you, what... You yeah. know, when I talk to dentists, I tell them, they, I ask them these questions. I say, Starbucks is a DSO. Yeah. Super Target is a DSO. That's it. I mean, it's no different. I mean, right. they're doing what we're not doing. What they're doing is yeah. they're listening to the, tar- the audience... They're listening to their market, and yep. they're responding. Exactly the market right. says, hey, I want to go to a convenient place that's open hours that don't interfere with my work schedule, right. and I can go to one place, and I can get it all done, and we can continue to make these arguments that we treat people better, that we're better dentists, sure. blah, 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 but the market's not saying that that's what right. they want. Yeah, so patients are demanding. They're demanding convenience. They, they've been doing this 10 years ago in the medical space where they added specialists to GP practices there simply because they want to have, number one, they want the convenience, but number two, they also want to know that their primary doctor is now engaged in discussing their overall treatment, their overall care with a specialist, right? Right. And so patients are becoming more and more engaged and they're, you know, becoming aware of what are the benefits of seeing a specialist, but they also like the benefit of having all of that in one place. Yeah. So, you know, I call that the Mayo Clinic model of dentistry, right? That's right. Where people can actually get together. I mean, I get together with my specialist now, but it's a pain in the butt sometimes, right? (laughs) Luckily, we text each other. We, you know, we we have a good relationship. I see my, my surgeon, especially, I see him, you know, pretty much every other weekend or so. So, you know, we're able to do that. But, you know, there are times I want to do that. So, so to me, let's talk about some of the one benefit I'm thinking of is so now when we do multiple disciplinary cases, we're asking our patients to make multiple financial arrangements. Right. You know, whereas if somebody's using third party financing, maybe your specialist doesn't take it, but you take it. Sure. You know, we're not making it easy for our patients. You know, maybe there's some lag in communication. How many visits? How many yeah. visits does a patient sure. have? You know, we right. can start talking about time. Yep. How Absolutely. our profession has completely lost track of time for patients. Right. And so there's so much, you know, there's so much benefit from a clinical perspective as right. well. Right. But let's talk about a little bit about the business benefit as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so what are you seeing? So you work with what? 70, 80 practices right Correct. now? Right. Uh, that are integrating specialty care into mm-hmm. their, into their GP practice. Right. Uh, what are, what are those practices seeing? Let's, let's, what are some of the numbers? Yeah, so I mean, so one of the things that's you know surprising is that less than forty percent of patients actually end up going to a specialist after you refer them there. Right after so okay. after they're referred out, you know, less than forty percent of patients actually end up going to a specialist. It's not because they don't like the specialist. It's not because the specialist review it's is inconvenient. great. It's just because they have to coordinate and have to discuss, you know, their schedule, their transportation. It's it's just multiple visits, right? Yeah. And so 
when you can bring in a specialist in-house um, and focusing on the right case and right place, then you're starting to see almost 70% of those patients yeah. seeing a specialist, even if it's at least for a consult. It begins their care uh, opportunity and their treatment. You know, that that's interesting you mentioned that because I remember back in 2007, 2008, when I was considering getting serious about adding implants and adding cone beam to my practice, I went back and it was roughly 20% of my patients that I sent for implants that I diagnosed and suggested implants to right. would actually show back, show up and come back from the specialist office. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I knew that that we had better, we, we should be better than that. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do convenience and part of it's yeah. also cost. I mean, the this, on the specialist side, the, the specialists who have their own practices, they have a high conversion rate. It's yeah. just how many folks are actually walking through their door. How many at-bats are they getting? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so you believe, and I believe too, that number one, it's good for the patient. Yep. It's good for our business. What kind of revenue increase on average are you seeing in some of your practices? Oh, 30 to 40% lift. Um, okay. On, on, again, it's if it's integrated well. And I think okay. that's the most important part is if it's integrated well and it's thought through from a full team approach. So it's not just the dentist who thinks this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's the hygienist who's really bought into this concept. It's the front desk. It's the, the, uh, the clinical RDAs. Those all non- I, I, I laugh at these things because those to me are non-negotiables. If I, as the dentist and the owner, am bought into this, why is my team not bought Yeah, so I'll give you an example. A yeah. prime example is uh, a patient walks in, has the exam with the dentist. The dentist says, I absolutely think you need to do this. And the dentist leaves and goes to the next operatory. The patient then turns to the RDA and says, who's this surgeon? And if the RDA is not convinced right. that this is the right surgeon for the practice, has the right cultural fit, yeah. then your case acceptance goes down. If, it's, if the response is, well, it's a surgeon who comes in once a month then that's not going to work, yeah. right? Versus, oh, it's Dr. Smith, and he's fantastic. He comes here. We're so fortunate to be able to have him come yeah. in and make a communion for you. Patients love him. Yeah. Now, that's that's what I mean by the, the staff has to be engaged in, the, in that level. But at the same time, the specialist has to do their part to engage that staff, right? So when they do come yeah. there, they have to know the staff's name. They have to engage with them. I mean, they're they're walking into a referral network. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, they're they're not casting a large net. They're really focusing on that practice and knowing that team well. Santosh, I have to correct you on one thing. What's My listeners are probably amazed that I've waited this long. It's team, not staff. Sorry. Staff's team. an infection. Team. Yeah, team. But there's just, just, to, <laughs> just to, I got to keep my street cred. Yeah, though, yeah, okay? yeah, I get it. Imagine this. You get to the end of the day, you don't feel tired, you kind of take a look at how your day went, and you realize that you didn't work that hard, you had team members that were engaged, you had clinical team members that were doing the heavy lifting for you, you had hygienists that were helping enroll patients in treatment, and you had front office team members that knew what they were doing and were making sure that you were getting paid and that you were scheduled properly. I used to believe this was a pipe dream. I used to believe that the way to increase your revenue and to increase profits was simply working harder. And then I realized that the real key is about working smarter, not harder. I founded 3D Dentists on that simple principle. How we can take different techniques and different services, add them to a practice while making things easier for us. If you'd like to learn more, all you got to do is visit www.3d-dentists.com and look around. If you got any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me directly. Now, let's get back to our show. Let's let's talk about some common fears. Sure. 
Okay, so I'm listening to this podcast as I'm driving, yeah. and my like, oh yeah, that's a great idea, but dude, that'll never work in my practice. Yeah, blah yeah. blah blah. Let's talk about some fears, okay? So, what are some of the common fears that you're seeing? Yeah, so I, mean, I think some of the fears are: Can I recruit a specialist? Okay. Will I find the right type of specialist for my practice? Um, what is the liability that my practice now has by bringing in a specialist and having these cases? And Will the specialist be available if there's a post-op complication? And those are typically the fears. I and mean, then other questions comes around on what's the split. The, know, range, the, the business side. Right. Let's focus on the clinical side of that. So, sure. So the clinical side is how, how do I find, will I be able to find a specialist? How yeah. hard is it? To, so let's, let's transition now to the do-it-yourself. Okay, hey, so now I'm being selfish right. and using, I'm invited you as a guest on the podcast sure. <laughs> to essentially get your consulting is yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to find a specialty in my practice. Right. Okay. So let's answer this question first. When is a practice ready to bring a specialist in? So there's, okay. So it depends on the specialty specifically, okay. right? But if you look at the life cycle of the practice, number one, you should track how many referrals you're sending out, right? Okay. And then number two, you know, is your, you're in the early stage of your practice where a good 20, 30% of your patients are under the age of 25. Maybe you add ortho pretty quickly, okay. right? That could be a good or oral surgery for thirds or oral surgery. And usually, what we see is if you add ortho within six months, you're adding oral surgery pretty quick, right? Okay. And so th- those those two have great crossover in terms of um, the interdisciplinary kind of relationship okay. there. And then and then you know endo if if that's a skill set that you're just not as interested in or not as proficient in, and it takes up too much chair time, then that's a specialty you can bring in as well. Um, so okay, so now let's just came to my mind. What about the person that says, well, I do the thirds in my practice. What what benefit would I have of bringing a specialist in? So it really comes down to chair time okay. and then potential complications, right? Okay. And so, I mean, now, if you're if you're very comfortable with thirds and haven't had any complications, then obviously not an issue. But well, I've only taken out one set and I had no complications. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. But, my sample size is a little small. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so we do run into offices where, you know, the office says, you know, I feel comfortable doing thirds, but sometimes what happens is I pull up in the pano and I see two out of the four thirds that I can do. And right. so I'd rather just have the specialist come in and take care of the patient and it's quick. Uh, and or they offer sedation services okay. to the patient. So what about the reimbursement? Isn't reimbursement typically higher for a specialist than it is for a GP? It is. Yeah. So there you know, there's a couple insurance plans that, you know, pretty much reimburse the same. Uh, okay. but for the most part the reimbursement for specialists is higher. Twenty percent, thirty percent? Twenty to thirty percent, yeah. Okay. I mean some some are just, you know, depending if your specialist in network, out of network. Um, even if you're out of network, you don't really have to be right. significantly higher on your UCR. You just kind of align it to where it makes sense. So okay, so let's so I'm now I'm doing the business math in my head, okay? Yeah. So let's use twenty five to thirty percent increased fee right. for a specialist to do the same procedure. I can basically make the same money by doing nothing by paying somebody else to do the work right. for me, right? Right. Well, actually, I would say it's incremental. Yeah. Right. Because you're. It's not that you're not doing anything. You're still actually filling up your own chair time with additional volume. Yeah, so. but I don't want to do that other stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah. So you'll take the day off. Yeah, I'll take the day off. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I can. Yeah. I can make the same amount as me doing it because their fees are higher. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, in other words, I should just become a, if I'm a real businessman, which is what at the end of the day all these people are, Everyone's is I should just be a middleman. Yeah. I should just pay other people to do the work for me. Yeah, and so I think when you when you go out and talk to a lot of the dental practices who have um, two or three specialists that come in, they, you know, they feel like they're the quarterback, right? Yeah. They can the patients come there, they've earned the trust of patients to come into their practice. They've then earned the, the respect and the trust of the specialist to work as a team, as a team, right? right? right. Um, and then you know the patients trust 
who they are being referred to within the practice. And so they are. They're the, they're the quarterback. They're they're being able. They're structured to where they're able to delineate where you know a patient can get the best care, and they continue. And from a general dentist standpoint, you may not work five days a week. You may be working three days a week, but you're still you're managing. But yeah. you know you're you're covering your overhead. But you're managing in a different way. You're managing clinically. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So let's address this question because we kind of skipped around over it a little bit. So. On average, I would probably say that a practice that's doing six, seven hundred thousand dollars in revenue right. is probably ready to bring in a specialty. Yes, yeah, okay. and that's what we find. So, so the the median average I think for a solo practice is around six hundred thousand okay. of production, and so that typically means that the practice has enough you know, for oral surgery, has enough for you know two or three or four thirds with IV sedation. Okay. Um, has an, enough patients for implant services, have, has enough where they're diagnosing, depending on the age range of their patient base for period disease, right? Okay. And so, um, and again, if they're early on in their, in, in the practice kind of uh, uh, demographic, then ortho is fantastic. I mean, okay. I think some, some concerns that offices have, they don't feel like they have enough patients for ortho, but a, an office can be very successful, and we've seen it. I mean, just, just doing financial projections on it, patient practices can be very successful with two and a half starts per month. Right. And so that not only is it two and a half starts per month, but it's patient retention. The patients are with you now for. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, it's also like that's on this kid, and then the second kid, and yeah. then you know, two, you know, the average person has between two to three years between children. Right. So every couple of three years, you're just and we're all getting one. two to three kids, you yeah. know. And then their so, their hygiene appointments are routine. routine. They're managing those. The overall dental IQ of the family goes up because yeah. they're constantly in the office, right? And so, I mean, I think that's that's a great way to to retain patients. Everyone always wants to go out and get new patients, yeah. but sometimes we forget well, about retaining you know, patients. I have a different take on getting new patients, yeah. but uh, all right. So all right. So now we talk about bringing in a specialist how do i how am i going to keep them busy am i hiring them full-time am i hiring them one day a week what 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 is you know, what is what are we expect what are the expectations for me as a gp 
to try to recruit a specialist? Yeah, so part of that's really just having the open, honest conversation with the specialist. And I think sometimes there's a lot of assumptions made without mm-hmm. really just saying, okay, what... Like my assumption is why the hell would they leave the practice to come to mine? Right. Yeah, so the opportunity cost, right? You know, are they going to shut down their practice on a Wednesday where that's a ten, twelve thousand dollar day for them they, to come they to your office? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's now a whole generation of specialists who do not have a practice. Correct. With cats like him. Yep. So your question doesn't even fit that person. They don't have a practice. Yeah. So for those of you guys that hear Hutan in the background, he's sitting in my room too. We're having a slumber party here. <laughs> but uh, Hutan made a good point. I mean. Uh, nowadays, uh, so we talk a lot about debt of yep. these students coming out of school, and a lot of times we think of it as GP debt, but the same specialists have the same amount of debt, if not if more, not more right. because they had to carry it for four more years, right. you know, because they're making 40, 40 grand, which barely covers living expenses in most of these big cities. Right. Uh, so a lot of them aren't choosing to actually open up their own practice, and a lot of them are going to this model. Uh, that we're seeing. So, right. Yeah, I mean, so, a lot okay. of them will go directly to a DSO, right? right. Because it's a, it's a guaranteed income, um, you know, and so that, that allows them to kind of move in more. There's no coddling. I got to go kiss ass and get, you know, build up a business. Yeah. Like my, my younger brother's an oral surgeon, and he says one of the things, I said, why do you want to be academic? He goes, it's just less ass kissing I got to do. <laughs> it's like a, di- it's a different type it's of. A, it's a different ass. Ta- yeah. It's a different <laughs> ass I got to kiss, right? But, you yeah. know, and, and I, and I, I, I kind of understand, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so back, the question was, is, you know, uh, how many days do I need to kind of do this for? On average, what do you... Yeah, what? so to start out, really, it's just one day a month. One day a and, month. And, you you know, I use Jamie Amos' phrase of future stack, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just kind of build it up for, for one day a month. And, um, and again, if the team understands that and it's part of the workflow, then it can be very successful for the, for the practice and the specialist. And, you know, I think, obviously, everyone wants to aim for that goal within a, a $10,000 day. You know, you got to have a, a $5,000 day before you get to a $10,000 day. And and so, you know, once you start to get a, a good process flow down, it makes sense. And All right, so I want to go on a couple of things on that uh, tangent. Yeah. I know I have a list of stuff that we haven't gotten to yeah, yet. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, all right, so so I think a lot of it you made, made mention is we have to have a conversation. Rarely are we going to be able to start out and bust it. Okay, it's going to be a slow progression, so the specialist has to understand they're building a business too, to a right. certain degree. Right. They're building that relationship. That's one thing. But the other thing that just kind of crossed my mind is, let's give some real-world examples of what a day is. Sure. Okay? So what would a day be for an oral surgeon? Four sets of thirds? Yeah. Five sets of thirds? Four or five sets of thirds okay. uh, with IV sedation. Okay. Um, and that's a really know, decent day for most that, surgeons. That's a, that's a decent day. Yeah, I okay. mean, if, if we're talking in network, out of network, obviously that can that can yeah, change. In network, probably what fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a set with sedation. About twenty five for okay. well for in network. In yeah, yeah, for in network, you're looking about you know eighteen to twenty one hundred. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. let's call it two grand. So that's a ten grand day. Yeah. All right. So basically, what I'm hearing is is I probably need to refer out six or seven sets of thirds a month to justify having somebody come back for four, to be able to keep four or five of them in my office. Because some people have a relationship, they're going to go somewhere sure. else. Some sure. people can't come that one one or two days that you have somebody. Right. So, you know, if I diagnose four sets a month, that you know, I may not be able to retain all four right. in the office. But, you know, you know, what GP doesn't diagnose five to seven sets of thirds a month? Right. right. You know, with a exactly. relatively mature practice. Yeah. yeah. You know, okay. So now on the ortho side, how many ortho starts would I probably look at to make it justifiable for an orthodontist to come in one day a month? 
So one day a month, three starts a month is fantastic. Okay. Yeah, three starts a month gets gets the ball rolling, right? Yeah, and because that's three times five. That's a fifteen grand day. Yep. They're doing some follow ups, you know, three four months in. Yeah. And yeah. they're starting again, so those are good days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, ortho kind of the payments a little different. You don't get all sure. the payment up front, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, over time, it's it, it's your exponential model, okay. right? And so that's. You know, you want to make sure you have at least four operatories within okay. a practice. Um, this way, you can, you know, because the afternoon time is really all your adjustments, and so okay. you need to. That's of, a little bit tur- turn, turn, and burn. It all of it, yeah. Okay. So, so kind of the afternoon that your ortho is there is pretty much just your ortho space. Um, but what, what about endo? What am I looking for in endo? Uh, you know, it, it depends. Are, are you loading the schedule with retreats? Are you loading them with initials? Um, well, I'm just trying. Well, four, I'm just trying to think of like patients. what am I? What am I? Di- I'm just trying to think about how do I justify saying I need to right. explore this? Yeah. So if I'm referring out four to five root, well, so if you're saying a four to five root canals a day is a good day for an endo in office, yeah. so then maybe I need to refer out endo. Might be I need to refer out a little bit more than that because a lot of that's pain. Nobody's going to wait around so, for X Y Z day so in the endo, month. Endo is one of those specialties that. Twice a month probably works better, okay. right? And, and that's because if a patient's you know has immediate pain, then either you know there's some antibiotic treatment that can yeah. I mean, I can play, I guess you, know, you can pulp, you can pulp it. it. You yeah, can pulp exactly. it. Some people aren't comfortable with that, right? All right. So basically, if I'm referring out ten root canals a month, I'm probably ready to bring an endo in for a couple of days. Yeah, you know, but again, even if you're referring out six and, yeah. and you have that relationship with your with your endodontist and, and your endodontist is comfortable with that, I mean, it, it's still with the appetite of the, the specialist. Yeah, is, is, yeah, but that, I'm, you know, I'm talking about typical here. Right. Yeah. All right. So now, now, uh, what's left? Perio. Yes. Yeah. So perio. So implants obviously is an is an option, but really perio. Disease, well, I believe GP should do in sixty percent of the implants. Right. 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 But you know, if there's uh, you know, there's some offices we work in where the the GPs have have gone through their implant courses mm-hmm. and they still want to continue to gain more confidence right. and, and they they enjoy being able to do an implant the same day our specialist is doing an implant in their office. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just overall just that collaborative you know collegial work. Yeah. You know, right? for me, I think of the implants as full arch cases, things like that. Yeah. Things that you know maybe I don't want to do alone. Some interiors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what would I need to justify? Like four or five grafts a month for a periodontist? Right, just periosurgeries, graft. Um, you know, four or five cases is typically a good, a good. So day. that's pretty universal, basically, yeah. along all all the specialties. If if I can get four or five cases a month, right. I can justify bringing somebody in for. And that's and a day doesn't need to be eight to five. A day can be. Right. You know, so who wouldn't like to work seven to five, seven to twelve, and exactly. call it a day? You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's kind of in our company. What we do is we when we do a practice assessment, we we do a six-month look back at the practice and say, are you consistently referring out five patients? Um, because we think that if they're referring out five patients, we can work with them on getting case That's acceptance. assuming they're actually putting it into their software. Well, well that's the other element, yeah. right? I mean, are you documenting missing teeth? I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah, number we're one. we're documenting right? that. Yeah. And, and so, um, well, I mean, you guys are, but will, you know, sometimes some offices are not documenting as what. But as we're well, not documenting but, how many people refer out right. in the software. Right, right. And so that's, that's difficult because if you did want to bring in an orthodontist, yeah. right, how do you run a campaign around, here are the patients I've referred out over the last year, um, that and you see them for hygiene and you know that they still don't have braces on that you can target those patients specifically and so it, you know that that's part of the it's not just who you're referring out tomorrow but who did you refer out a year ago right that um, didn't give because you're saying 20 percent of them 25 30 percent of them get the work done right right so there's 75 70 to 75 percent that haven't gone correct yeah. you know my wheels are turning so far we're just talking about what's inside of our practice yeah now we haven't even talked about the the savvy practice that's doing a little bit of marketing yeah 
you know... Uh, direct to consumer. So you think about ortho, right? Now I can really differentiate my practice because literally you can go to my office and get everything done. Everything done, yeah. yeah. And, and, that's, and that's where we've seen the biggest benefit, right, is marketing as a multi-specialty practice. That's a Mayo Clinic of industry. Exactly. And Without so, using it Mayo Clinic because that's probably trademark infringement. <laughs> you said no names. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so a, a great example, uh, the offices where we provide ortho services, on average, one to two patients are new patients to the practice because the patient was looking for an orthodontist. Right. So that not only is it patient retention, but it's bringing new patients. Do you know practice. how many people I meet when I say I'm a dentist? The, like one of the common questions I get is, do you do braces for kids in your office? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's what an orthodontist is called, right? But they're still, yeah. they're just looking for a solution, right? Right, right. And orthodontists, they're direct to consumer. Right. For I mean, the most part, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say now it's 80% of their business is direct to consumer, yeah. right? I mean, yes, it's nice to go out and get referrals, but, you know, they're, if you look at their marketing plans, you know, they're really focused on direct to consumer. Um, these larger private equity backed specialty groups, they're all direct to consumer. I mean, you have. Yeah. Clear choice, all those. Right, places. right. They're all, I mean, yeah. they're going directly to the patient. Um, because you know, it, at some point, I mean, I think it's it's fair if if more general dentists are doing more procedures yeah, in their practices, the, the well's going to dry up, right? <laughs> but but that that's not necessarily true because the patients are just not necessarily going to the specialists. Now, speaking of DSOs, uh, so I've been fortunate or unfortunate, depends how you look at it. I think fortunate to have worked with some DSOs, and what I'm seeing, the smart, the really savvy DSOs are seeing anywhere between 30 to 50% of their overall revenue specialty. from specialties. And that's, yeah. that's, part of, that's part of their, and, you know, I, I cringe sometimes when I say this, but that's part of their sa- same store model, yeah. is their same store increase. So instead of saying, hey, we want to go from 50 to 70 offices, right. we want to we we get deeper with our 50 offices right. by integrating specialty services. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, if you think about it, everyone has their opinion on DSO, but one of the things that DSO is focused on is they're smart. they focus on access to care, right? Yeah. So they're going to they're gonna open their doors, they're going to have unique hours, and they're going to also, once a patient's there, they've spent thousands of dollars on the patient acquisition cost, right? right? They want the whole family for everything. Why not? Why wouldn't they? Why, why, why wouldn't any practice? Like right? why, do, why does super... Listen, when I went to Walmart, they didn't sell groceries growing yeah. up. Yeah. Why does Walmart sell groceries? Why are they basically the number one grocery store in the That's world right. now, right? right? Yeah. Because they figured, hey, if you're already coming here to get this, why are Walmart selling gas now? Yes. Why yeah. are Walmart doing oil changes and yeah. tire rotations yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Because the... You know, and... and at what point will our profession stop complaining about DSOs and say, you know what, we can beat them? Embrace it. And em- not embrace necessarily well, the embrace DSO, the, but the, tech, the strategies. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. being smart business people, right? Right, right? They're taking the cottage mom and pop business yeah. and they're adding like legit business. And in this, not even it's like massive business, but it's common sense business principles right, to it, right? right. So, so we have to. We have to do it. Our profession yeah. has to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, or we're going to be our own downfall. We're going to turn into medicine. Yeah. You know, medicine is owned by hospitals and insurance companies yeah. now. They're all, like uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, you you can hardly find independent primary care doctors. Right. Hardly. Yeah. 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 I mean, ten years ago, that's where I was, that was my space. And ten years ago, hospital systems were consolidating practices and. So for 10 years, I saw that wave, right? But then you also saw the successful independent practices 
or adding associates in, and the owners would take a step back to allow their associates to yeah, grow. Yeah, you got to give to them. You have to. You, you got to feed them. them. You got to feed them. Got to feed them. And so, same with the specialists. And that's the exact same philosophy. So, you know, to your point, how do I get you know X Y Z specialists to to stay committed? Well. Sometimes you have to throw them, you know, don't give them for your, your indos. Don't just give them your twos and 15s. Give them a 12, you know, give them something that is, you know, slam dunk for them. that keeps them engaged and motivated and, and excited to continue to come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into full arch implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. What do I do if my specialist leaves? That's a fear for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I think just like anything else, you know, your team members, what what do you do when your team members leave, right? I mean, first you want to... But I go into that expecting that. Yeah, well, but, but you know, but same thing, right? You kind of go into it and preparing. Right. What are you doing to, to number one, how do you retain a specialist? What, what's the... I'm thinking more there? like an ortho cases and stuff like okay. that. Like yeah. oral surgery to a certain degree is a transactional relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You do a set of thirds. If you get past the first two weeks, you're likely not going to have complications. Correct. Yep. You know, surgery with implants, if you get past the first six weeks, you're likely not going to have complications. Right. So the yeah, ortho is that lingering specialty yeah. that, that, that I worry about. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That's so for our company specifically. That is, that is the reason why we have an ortho clinical board, right? Okay. So anyone who comes in within our company, we have an ortho team. So there's some somewhat standardization, right, on philosophy. But you also care. have scale of work of a seventy to hundred offices that you probably have multiple orthodontists. Worst right. case scenario, you could shift one from here to here to right, cover right. you. Yeah. But as an independent. So as an independent, I think it's just in your contractual relationship with okay. the orthodontist, right? So maybe I mean, we got a contract that if you if you leave, you got to give me six months. You got to you know, until, notice, or you got to you know, find somebody to take over the care, or whatever right, it may be. Right, right. I mean, it, ultimately, it's probably a longer notice period, so you have Good. some time, um, and not just so you have time to find an orthodontist, but so you have time to introduce your new orthodontist to your patients, because that's probably yeah. the most critical part, right? That's where everyone's right. fear is. Because that, the patients hate that. Patients they hate do. seeing new team members. Yeah, yeah. They hate seeing the revolving door of de- doctors. Right. You know, okay. Yeah. 
What about complications? How do I have, look, I, I want to, this is not me, but I'm making sure, this up, sure. okay? Hey, I'd love to bring in a third molar specialist or an implant specialist right. into my practice, have them do it one day a month, two yeah. days a month, whatever it is, but I am surgically inept. What am I going to do? So I, I love that question because we, we hear that question all the time, right? And I think sometimes we have to take a step back and remember that the specialist, it's still their reputation, Right, and so if a patient has a you know a dry socket or has some post-op complications that the general dentist doesn't feel comfortable treating, the specialist is going to make sure that the patient's taken care of. And so if they have a home office and it's easier for the patient to go to the specialist office because of timing, then they have access there. Or you know the specialist can come and see the patient because ultimately it is a is a specialist reputation, and the specialist wants to preserve their malpractice, right? And to make sure how do we treat the patient quickly and make sure they're they're well taken care of. Okay, so you, what you're saying is a lot of it still falls back on the specialist, not necessarily the GP right. themselves. Right, right, right. And that's part of the relationship building, selecting the right specialist to come exactly. into your office and all of that. Right. So you you probably don't want somebody flying in necessarily. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you have someone flying in, you just want to make sure you have a good, you know, because you're not going to... In an ideal world, you give every single one of your patients to the specialist that comes to your office, right? Of course. But, but that's you're not, not always the case, yeah. right? You have emergency cases. You're going to say, and our belief is really it's a hybrid model. You're going to have specialists who have their own offices. They may bring in associates within their model, right, within their mm-hmm. practice. So it's not just a solo oral surgeon now. It's, they have associates that come in. Um, but there's a landing spot for the patient. And, and so if, the, if someone is traveling, you want to know that you at least have some a backup if you need it for whatever reason, right? And so, okay. ideally, you don't want someone who's flying in and out if you can avoid it. Um, we we believe local is is stronger, um, just simply because of the relationship side of it. And local could be the next 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 market next, over. Even. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like Fort Worth for Dallas, Dallas exactly. for Fort Worth, that Hour Drive, like whatever it may be. Yeah. What about? Uh, I'm afraid that I'm going to anger my specialist and they won't send me a box of popcorn every year. Uh yeah, popcorn, cookies. or my movie tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 always comes up. Or invite like, me to the party, the annual party at Six Flags. You know, so so you know, our in our model, I would say almost eighty percent of our specialists have their own practice, okay. right? And they understand that as long as we're preserving the specialty, we're doing it the right way, and, and the the GP offices respecting the relationship. Um, you know, they understand that they're not going to. Less than forty percent of patients come through their door, right? Right. But if there's an emergency, the specialist is it has a good enough relationship to understand that they're going to help support the yeah. the general practice. So it's not it's not something that's vindictive to say I'm not sending you any of my patients. That's not the reason why most general dentists will bring in a specialist. They're bringing in a specialist because a lot of their patients won't go to a specialist. Yeah. Listen, we're going to fight this battle in our profession yeah. until the GPs understand that we own this profession. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 stupidity well, in my end. So, you know, I, I, I like that comment because the GP is direct to consumer, right? Dude, we are the conductor of the orchestra. But, but specialists line. are also now going because, yeah. you know, you have, you have different, you know, direct to consumer solutions out there. Specialists are now direct to consumer. And pediatric practitioners going direct to consumer. Ortho practices are direct to consumer. A lot of OS practices are direct to consumer, yeah. right? Especially and so, on the bigger cases, absolutely. They are. And, and so, I mean, I think if you take a step back and look at that, everybody is going direct to consumer. Why don't we all just kind of partner together and make this make sense? Well, you know, so look, to kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, some of the benefits are listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to, the cost of doing business today now. 
is almost every practice needs cone beam, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Almost every practice needs digital impression. Almost pra- every practice needs all these things right. that, that in the beginning, the early infancies of these technologies, they were specialist driven, right? Right, right? And now they're dwindling, you know, they're kind of trickling down to uh, GPs, but so, you know, it's, a a ma- it's a ma- best use of, of your facility. Resources. Yeah, I mean, so a cone beam, you know, the sticker shock is one, one thing that deters a lot of yeah. folks from getting the, the, the cone beam, right? But if you have an oral surgeon who's coming in or a periodontist coming in and, you're, and you have a, a $10,000 day and you're retaining 30 to 40% of that, their pay is your, your monthly fee for yeah. your CBCT. Their pay is your, you know, maybe your treatment coordinator. Dude, it might, be, it might be enough money for you to take your practice to the next step, you know. Or buy a second yeah. practice. And yeah. that's what we've seen. We've seen a lot of offices that we work with are queued up now because they don't have to be in the practice. They're ready to start adding yeah, a second location. Yeah, you know, I, I joke around a, a couple of things that you said that remind me of, you know, some conversation I've had with my dad is uh, number one is he, he, he absolutely makes fun of our profession to I mean, my dad was a dentist in India, so he's, yeah, yeah. he's a trained dentist. But he makes fun of our profession in that we legitimately utilize our practice fifty percent of legitimate working hours. Right. Okay. Th- to 30, me, thirty hours a week typically. Well, you know, to me, legitimate working hours are six days a week, seven to seven. Right. So twelve hours a day. Yeah. Okay. So six times twelve is seventy-two hours a day. Right. Seventy-two hours a week. Yeah. So in my mind, there's legitimate seventy-two hours a week that that the practice can, can and should be open. Right. Quite frankly. Okay. Right. And most practices are open thirty-two to thirty-five hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally fifty yeah. percent. So we're utilizing our facility fifty percent of the time, and literally most of us, like my practice, I've got literally a million dollars of stuff parked in my practice. Right. That's only being used in my case sixty percent of the time. Sure. You know, and, and it makes no sense. Yeah. You know, if you have extra operatories, I mean, you know, a periodontist, oral surgeon, they only need two operatories. Right? In fact, so, you know, looking back to 2001 when I opened my office, what saved me, you know, what kept me afloat that first year was I had a person come in to do the surgeries for me sure. on Saturdays. Yeah. And we did a 50-50 split yep. and he was happy, I was happy, and that revenue from that day, yeah. you know, kept me afloat that first year. So you did you did kind of the make versus buy, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's solutions I was there. forced into it. Yeah. I mean, I had no because time. Of I, 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 Dude, I needed something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, just yeah. needed revenue yeah. at the time. Yeah. And and I think some some uh some offices that we run into, they they like solutions like ours because maybe they have other kind of priorities and obligations where going out and recruiting and finding a specialist and finding the time to, to integrate with the specialist is difficult. But you know, there are options. There's there obviously there's the make option, but there's the buy option. Um I think it's still very important that the workflow is mapped out. I mean, just like you do on your mm-hmm. digital implant, you have a you have a really defined yeah. workflow. This needs to be a really defined workflow. It's a business model at the it end is. of the day. Yeah, yeah. If you're confused about how to grow your practice, then you need to hear the rest of this message. Listen, the ways of the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties simply do not work anymore. You have to be different. And the way to be different in today's competitive environment is not doing more of the same thing that everybody else is doing, but adding new services to your practice. If you're looking for a solution that's logical, practical, and full of business tips to how to implement strategies into your practice to add new services, then you need to look at my company, 3D Dentists. We provide fantastic training that will help you grow your practice by adding new services to your existing patient base. 
If you want to learn more, all you got to do is visit www.3d-dentists.com and look around and see what's right for you. If you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. Now, let's get back to our show. Before we go into the the buy model, sure. okay, um, let's talk about the split, yep. staff, production collections. Let's talk about the business side of bringing a specialist in. Yeah. So what what is the typical split a GP that's doing it on their own or whatever. Right. Um, so what you, what you hear is 50%. It's a 50-50 split. Okay. Um, typically, that's off of production, not okay. off of adjusted production or not off of collections. That puts the general practice a little bit more at risk if it's just production. Okay. Um, the In that 50-50 split, they're splitting the cost of the staff. Okay, team. A lot of times, the team, excuse mm-hmm. me. A lot of times, they're using the team of the general practices okay. uh, office. Um, which can impact, you know, the general dentist if they're also working there that day, yeah. right? If they're not working there that day, then that's not an issue. But, um, but then they're also splitting half the cost of the supplies, and so right. some of the supply costs are nominal. The third molars is not those supplies with right, right. stitches and right. you know gas mask, you know. Yeah. Whatever. So you know, if they're doing IV sedation, you know, obviously there are uh, there if, some expenses. I mean, the answer should be the, the the whole one of the points of bringing the specialist in right. is to you know provide that service. Right. 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 But you know, medical complications and, yeah, and sure. things of that nature. But like, you know, obviously when when someone is bringing all their equipment, there's a lot of emphasis that needs to be on calibration and safety equipment is all up to you know the state like the texas state has a a defined list of what the safety requirement should be for IV sedation right right so you want to make sure you're investing into and it's getting stricter and stricter as it should yeah right i mean if i'm if i'm sending my daughter my daughter's five years old when she's ready to get her wisdom teeth out i want to make sure wherever she goes they have the right safety equipment and i think that's one thing that that should be a non-negotiable across the board right but um so you know the the staff, the supplies, or the team, the okay. equipment, the uh, the supplies is typically split at fifty fifty. Okay. Cost of implants, bone, all okay. that's usually split at fifty fifty. Right. Um, you know, there's there's some uh, some specialists who will come in with their own equipment and everything. And then the, the number might fluctuate a few percent. Yeah, and it really it, it fluctuates plus or minus five percent. Yeah. Right. I mean. Um, so yeah. anywhere between forty to sixty percent is what Correct. you're saying. Yeah. If I pay for everything and bring in a, a specialist as an associate, right. I'm probably going to do a forty percent split for the specialist. Right, right. If we split everything down the middle, it's probably fifty fifty. And if I have them pay for everything, right. they're literally like in a way space sharing and paying me a percentage. Right, right. Then it might be a sixty split for the specialist, forty for me. Right, and that's on the clinical side, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the one expense that sometimes we forget about is the the team that's associated to the administrative side right. of making this work. Right, and so there's yeah. a lot of kind of administrative functions. But they work for like seven dollars an hour, dude. Yeah, seven fifty, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, all right. So hopefully, we've answered a lot of the questions that people have, uh, or common misconceptions that they would have. Yeah. So, all right, now, now, sell me on this buy model, okay? So there's a few companies out there, yours included, sure. that that have made a business. Yeah. out of providing specialties in GP offices. So walk me through how that works uh, if I were to contact you. So, so I, you know, I'll, I'll give you my, my opinion. I, I think our company differentiates from the other companies in that we have skin in the game to make sure the administrative functions are taken care of. I think some of the other uh, organizations out there, they can partner you up and maybe they're give you the names. Yeah, they're matchmakers. Yeah, so it's match.com pretty much okay. of, of specialists. Now, they have a good network. They have, you know, and the specialists are good. You know, they're, they're screened specialists. You know, they, they, they probably uh, interview them and qualify them. But our whole philosophy around it is, is it a good cultural fit? 
for the practice. Yeah. So we'll come in and work with the practice, make sure we understand what the practice is looking for. Um, and then on, on the buy side of it, you want somebody who's also engaged because if your practice and your team does have turnover, who's going to come back into your practice and work with your team, right? Because the model can well, the person stop. that has a vest right. that needs needs you to succeed, right. for you to succeed. It's not just the person who connected you. It's it's like a you know it's like a staffing agency. You call a staffing agency for a, an associate dentist. Well, the associate sure. dentist leaves. Yeah. The you know the staffing agency is ready to charge you for a, a new, new associate person. dentist, right? They would but, prefer for them to leave after three four months, right? Because <laughs> because that, that that's a that's a model for them. Um, you know, our, we've really differentiated ourselves from that because we're investing into how do we make this grow long term, right? Yeah. And, and our specialist. Are giving and they have their opportunity costs. They're shutting down their practice for a day. So eighty percent of your specialists have their own practice. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I mean, our clinical directors for oral surgery, they have three. They have three practices throughout Houston. Very well known. Very well respected throughout um, throughout the Houston market. And they believe in what we're doing. They believe we're preserving the specialty because we're not just providing the clinical support, but we're helping the GP practice with the administrative side. And so one of the, you know, earlier we talked about implants, we talked about rep support, right? right? And so that, that's how we kind of correlate is it's great if the specialist is able to place the implant, but what if the general dentist is not as familiar with that implant system and needs support, needs rep right. support on the restorative side? Is somebody available for them, right? And so I think that part's a critical element. Um, in our model versus some other models. But ultimately, those models are out there to help align you to specialists. All right, so if I call you, uh, you're gonna do all the work for me. You're gonna look for the specialist, you're gonna you know, t- walk me through that. Yeah, yeah, so you call us, what we do first, we do a practice assessment, find out which specialty is right for you. I mean, you may yeah. think you want a periodontist, then we go back and look at the, the referrals that you've made and maybe it's an oral surgeon or vice versa, right? Okay. Or, or maybe it's neither, maybe it's ortho that's the best start for you, right? And so we'll, we'll first do a, an assessment there and then we'll, we'll, we'll set you up with two to three specialists to, to, to meet and speak with, right? So they come in, they meet with your staff and your team um, because again, it's a cultural fit. So as much as we want you to like them and them to like you, we really need the whole staff to like them, right? right? Because they gotta be bought into it, the whole team to like right. them. Sorry, I'm, go. gonna get, I'm gonna get that before the end of yeah, this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so, so that's an important element. And then once that happens, then our team, our operations team, because we're all just operators and clinicians, yeah. right? So then we, we then start working with the practice to identify patient opportunities and cases. We start working through, um, we have a channel where the, pay, where the practice will then send us the, the, the um, in a HIPAA compliant way, just the, the treatment plans, okay. the, the panos. We then work with our specialist, we, we uh, treatment plan it, send it back to the practice. We also do the insurance verification side okay. of it, right? One of the reasons why some specialists who start as itinerant stop is because they it's, get overwhelmed. It's pain in the butt. Like how I gotta send you a pano and then you come in and well we didn't get a preauthorization. Right. You know it's overwhelming, right? Yeah. And so what we do is we funnel that, we consolidate that down for ourselves. So it's a win for the GP and a win for the specialist yeah. as well. So actually, you know, if you think about our model, we actually support the specialist. Right. And then we're we're providing services to the GP. But you know our you know our our GP is not really our only client. Our specialist is our client. And so, because we want to make sure we make their life easier so they're fully engaged in this type of model. Um, So, yeah. By the way, they're the limiting factor in how fast you can grow. They are a rate limiting step. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the DSOs, the GP dentist is the rate limiting step. Is the rate limiting step. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So, we'll we'll do the, uh, you know, the the treatment plan, the insurance verification. Um, We'll have an operator who's there the day of on on those specific production days. Um, we provide all the consent form. I mean, everything we've we've uh, that we provide in packets has all been vetted by, 
you know, uh, malpractice attorneys and the Yeah, but you guys have something to lose too. Yeah, because we yeah. have skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because we don't, you know, we, we pre-screen, we do pre-op calls because uh, what we don't want is we don't want a patient to show up and they had breakfast. Right. Well, we just lost that, that right. patient in that case and we have a big block of time that's unused now, right? And everybody so loses. It's, it's, and that's one of the biggest frustrations for everybody, right? Is, okay, well, this is, it wasn't planned out well. So, so that's where we, our goal is to, how do we optimize that time that they're there, right? And so, um, so that, I mean, from, from the step standpoint, we then go through those steps. We have our production days, our team makes sure to call the patients uh, that evening. And then, you know, we- Who does the, the billing? So the invo- so all the, all the billing goes to the practice tax ID. It goes under the specials NPI. That's the legal way of doing it. So we build it through the, the tax ID. Our operators are there to help scrub it before it goes. And by scrub it, you mean check the code, check, check the, the codes, notes, yeah. make sure we're not missing anything. If narratives are needed. They're able to ping the doctor and make sure all the narratives are there. Um, uh, if, if they needed an oral picture uh, scanned in, or uh, added in advance, those are provided. Um, so then all that's because the first pass payment rate right, is kind of the most important yeah. aspect of this. And so... So we want to load that up. Now, you know, inevitably, you're going to get a denial, yeah. right? Or you, you, but the nice thing is you take care of that then. So we help them, right? So that's where our operations team comes back in. And because you don't get paid them. then. We don't get paid. We have skin in the game. Yeah. Right. And we're also not off of production. We're off of adjusted production, which is more skin in the game. Because we're not collections because we can't control the patient collection portion. But um, if an insurance company downcodes it, we want to help defend it. And if it still stays downcoded, then we make the adjustment. But it, there's transparency around it. Right. So if you're in the state of Texas right now, right now, yeah, um, there's no reason for people not to call you. I I 100% agree. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're practiced doing half a million or more, right, on general, 600, whatever it is, you, you, you owe it to yourself. There's no cost or obligation on their end to call right. you. Yeah. To have a conversation. Good point. To yeah. even see, like you can dive in to their offices and, you know, through their remote login or whatever it is right. and kind of see, have a conversation with them and see if it even fits. We do free assessments. Yeah. yeah and we'll especially do. if they're in the Dallas or Houston market. Right. Yeah. So we'll do free assessments at the practice. You know, we've really eliminated every barrier to start this, right? So there's What's no, in your best interest yeah, to do that? So, so there's no long-term contract. There's no upfront cost. There's no capital investment mm-hmm. on, the, on the practice side. So let's talk about that. So yeah. um, we didn't mention that. So you provide all the sedation equipment. You provide all, right. the, let's say, the endodontics needs a microscope, whatever yep, it may be. microscope, yeah. So everything. Mm-hmm. So I, it's literally turnkey. It's, it's really just gloves, bibs, gauze. Stuff I already have. Yeah, exactly. So if I hire a company like yours, a yeah. buy company, as right. you call it, right. is uh, basically I change nothing on my end except a few things of of, of referring to you, of referring through our in-office specialist right. and you know sending some information uh, in advance. Uh, that's it. I, otherwise, I don't have yeah. to worry about buying new equipment. I don't have to worry about getting sutures. don't have to get worried right. about getting anything. I yeah, just need so to the, have functional operatories. The only, thing, and that's the only it. three things we want in a practice is they have oxygen, nitrous, and a wheelchair if we're going to do IV sedation. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And that's pretty straightforward. Right. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, they can go onto our website, completespecialty.com. Um, they can shoot me a, an email at santosh, S-A-N-T-O-S-H, at complete specialty, or uh, they can call my cell, 214-435-7263. So again, let's say that slowly. Uh, 214-435-7263. All right. Yeah. Santosh, it was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank I, you. Now you just need to come to Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, we're... We're, we're passionate about this. We really think we can move the needle and kind of help an independent practices stay independent. And, you know, it's folks like you that 
want to grow bigger practices with hiring associates and we feel like we are we're a good complement to that yeah you're just another associate yeah. so that's awesome yeah thank, thank you, you sir i appreciate, appreciate it, it. Are you confused by all the implant messaging out there? Are you worried about which implant to choose, what kit to choose, what tie base to use, when to use what, when to send it to the lab, when to mill with your CEREC machine, when to print guides, when to mill guides, when all of these things happen? You're not alone. It's getting noisier and noisier out there today. And what you need is a simple solution with a consistent workflow that simply works. At 3D Dentist, we teach how to do digital implant dentistry, leveraging your CEREC technology and leveraging your cone beam technology in a proven workflow that is efficient, predictable, and profitable. You owe it to yourself to take one of our workshops by visiting 3D Dentist at www.3d-dentist.com and learn more about what we're teaching. I look forward to seeing you at one of our workshops. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, Let's get to this week's episode.